Welcome to this new episode of The Context. Today I want to talk to you about our spectrum of abilities. We have many skills, many senses, many ways of coping with the world, absorbing the information, um, changing it, uh, structuring it, uh, and then acting on it. And more and more, uh, due to the evolution of our civilization, the technologies that we invent and deploy, our abilities are not only those biological, but we have on top of the human, also non-human or superhuman abilities. My dog is called Brie. She's 11 years old. She developed diabetes and she went blind. Maybe 10 or 20 years ago, uh, people wouldn't think that dogs would have diabetes. They would just go, oh my God, the dog died. But now we care for them uh, even more than before. We not only love them, but we go to the vet. And in my case, uh, we discovered that uh, she had uh, diabetes. And one of the consequences of that is uh, the blindness. She gets her shots uh, and her glucose levels uh, are now almost normal. But of course, the sight doesn't come back. It is amazing how rapidly she accepted her condition. Lacking the burden of self-awareness to the degree at which we uh, are carrying it with a constant asking ourselves about the situation we find ourselves in or whether our situation is, is just or fulfills our options and opportunities, Brie accepts the world and herself in the world as they are. So I don't know whether she has this internal monologue, but I would expect she says, okay, the world is, is dark. And uh, she goes about her day uh, in the world as it is dark, using her snout uh, as um, uh, she explores, um, being much more cautious because uh, she cannot uh, know in advance where she will be stepping. Luckily, she has four legs and not two, so her uh, balance is, is, is much stronger. Uh, and of course, her hearing, her uh, uh, sense of smell, and, and, and so on. And in her environment, in the house and in the garden, her adaptation is so complete that you almost start disbelieving that she's blind. And only when she leaves that familiar environment that the limitations of her current set of abilities become more apparent and more visible. So I also adapted to this very rapidly. First of all, I don't assume that she always knows where I am if I am sitting somewhere and uh, I use my voice with her even more than I would before. Of course, I would talk to her, but now I make noises that I wouldn't do before so that she can know 
where I am, what I'm doing, what comes next. Hopefully food, she says. And when we are out and about, I basically became her service human. Um, On a short leash, I guide her to make sure that she doesn't bump into things. And we can actually walk very fast uh, at a normal pace. And uh, I must not get distracted because if I do, she will fall off the curb or, or hurt herself. So I am wondering whether I should wear one of those uh, uh, alerts, do not pat, service human. Uh, it is a very interesting development in our relationship. Blindness always fascinated me. I remember when I was a child, I did uh, experiments of keeping my eyes closed. And uh, at the time, it felt like maybe I went uh, for days uh, pretending to be blind with my eyes closed. Probably rather than a couple of days, it was more like a couple hours. But of course, the perception of time is relative. And it was very interesting A few years ago, I was able to repeat the experiment in an extremely well-designed setting uh, in Athens, Greece, where there is a warehouse uh, that internally is completely dark and hosts all kinds of scenes. Uh, The subway station, um, the uh, city market, uh, a bar uh, to order drinks, um, and and uh, you go in this tour in the dark, guided by a blind person, and you experience the world without the intrusion of eyesight in a completely different way, and you start to learn what is needed in order to participate in the world in that setting and, and in that condition. Absolutely fascinating. The um, place is called Dialogue in the Dark. And uh, if you ever go to Athens and you are sick of uh, the uh, ancient monuments and the Parthenon and whatever else, you can uh, spend a, a very, very interesting and stimulating couple of hours there. We have been always complementing and augmenting our senses, our abilities. Uh, I wear eyeglasses. Uh, Without it in prehistoric times, I would have been dead already. Um, In medieval times, uh, maybe I would be burned on the stake uh, as a a mage or a wizard. And uh, today, uh, luckily, uh, we don't have to uh, keep the limitation of um, short-sightedness of, or other um, aberrations of our perfect sight. Either we can wear glasses or as uh, one of my children, uh, we can go through uh, laser uh, eye surgery, LASIK. Um, and um, I would have done it too, but uh, I'm already developing uh, the opposite uh, de- uh, de fact as well. And... Um, I wouldn't be able to be without glasses, even if I had LASIK, so it's not really worth it anymore. The telephone, our mobile phones, if you think about it, are tools for 
augmenting our hearing. Uh, really at a superhuman level. It is not about only restoring it to the human uh, uh, um, norm, but bringing it much further uh, with the ability of speaking to somebody and hearing what the other person says all across the planet. Magical, absolutely magical. And we are doing the same with our cognitive abilities. In the 70s and the 80s, um, there was a lot of debate about uh, whether pocket calculators should be allowed in the school and what would children do um, if they didn't uh, learn how to calculate on uh, pencil and, and paper. And, well, uh, they should do that and they still learn to do that. But, of course, pocket calculators are enhancers of our cognitive abilities. Um, there are... Mm, operations that uh, could be done on pencil and paper, it's ju just not worth it. A lot of things uh, could go so slow that uh, we wouldn't um, step up to the task unless it was, it was really necessary. Just like architects are using uh, computer-aided design tools, and it's not that before these were available, we didn't build houses, but now it is possible to play around with the variables in a much uh, larger degree of freedom, uh, the parameters of uh, all kinds of components in the house uh, can express the creativity of the architect, the needs uh, of uh, the owner of the house, and uh, all of this allows uh, to be more expressive, uh, more effective in achieving our goal. Today's uh, similar uh, school uh, system debates are about the use of uh, Wikipedia or uh, maybe the symbolic um, systems that allow the rapid development of complete uh, mathematical problems, not only single calculations, like uh, Wolfram Alpha, that arrives to the point of not only, for example, solving and graphically representing um, a second-degree uh, set of equations, but also being able to explain the reasoning, uh, to show step-by-step -step, uh, solutions which is exactly what uh, school teaches you and requires you to be able to do uh, when you learn how to address those, uh, those problems. And tomorrow, uh, we fully expect uh, chatbots uh, to be whispering in our ears um, as we, for example, visit a, a foreign country where we don't speak the local language in a simultaneous translation where we will be rapidly uh, accustomed to the necessary delay and pause that uh, this kind of assistance uh, entails. And uh, uh, our conversations will be a little halting. They will contain certainly a lot of uh, mistakes, but it will be still fantastically superior than not the alternative, which is not being able to, to talk to the other person. Now, science fiction books uh, 
described uh, um, the decades that we are living uh, differently, of course, uh, than what is happening. And uh, one of the big differences in how uh, the 2010s and soon 20s uh, were represented in science fiction books uh, from the 60s, 70s, 80s or 90s of last century is that the world was full of robots. Machines that were able to complement and substitute our motor skills uh, in tasks that were cumbersome or dangerous or too difficult or for other reasons, uh, humans that uh, could retreat and, and leave the robots to do their thing. And uh, that didn't happen or didn't happen yet. We have uh, been fascinated for many years uh, by the videos uh, with zero or very little uh, fanfare released by Boston Dynamics uh, and, and the um, amazing improvement in the, the abilities of the mechanical robots uh, that uh, this company is building. And the latest video is absolutely fascinating. If you haven't seen it, you must. And this video shows a humanoid robot called Atlas performing um, acrobatic movements with a fluidity that is absolutely impressive. Rolling and jumping and turning to the point where I don't hesitate to confirm that if I am a human reference, that performance is superhuman compared to what I am able to do. And if it is not today, this year, it will certainly be tomorrow, next year. So you can start to wonder uh, how will these superhuman abilities blend in society, changing it? For example, it used to be a problem of how we handle mobile phones in restaurants uh, because they would be disruptive. And now it kind of is not a problem anymore. On one hand, we know how to silence them and put them away. On the other hand, sometimes uh, people uh, who are physically together choose to uh, uh, retrieve in their worlds uh, and uh, fiddle with their phones, even if uh, they are together in a restaurant and we try to judge them uh, and uh, maybe steer them back uh, in the togetherness or the physical togetherness rather than the digital one. So we can expect that the delegation of uh, motor skills and the delegation of uh, the tasks that these motor skills require will be uh, interestingly complicated, but uh, not necessarily too conflictual at the end. One of my expectations is a dishwasher robot, not a dishwasher, like today, but a robot that is able to fill and empty the dishwasher with a speed reliability and uh, uh, continuity 
relentless attachment to the task that uh, uh, is unparalleled by, by humans. And there is a, a, an interesting interpretation of our fairly recent care for disabled humans, uh, people who are paralyzed and they drive a special car and they have a reserved parking space or a reserved um, uh, toilet and uh, other parts of the environment um, where we are designing the spaces uh, the architecture or the types of interactions to recognize that uh, those people have uh, different abilities. We are certainly good and caring and empathic in setting these up. These spaces create inclusive human environments in our cities and, and elsewhere so that Everybody can participate regardless of where they sit in the spectrum of abilities. But we are also smart because in reality, we are preparing ourselves to look in the mirror and to recognize that it doesn't matter how good we are in certain tasks and how refined certain skills, we are still not at a pinnacle of a perceived ordering, we are on a spectrum of abilities in a certain position. And we'd better make sure that the society that we are building is inclusive to include us as well. The superhero movies, if you wish, are a reflection of a near future preparing us for agents with superhuman abilities among us. These will be technology-based. Uh, they will not be violating uh, any laws of uh, physics, just like the telephone doesn't or uh, the speed of our calculators, but they will appear pretty radical. The society will react in many different ways. Uh, I don't know what the position of uh, the workers' unions is going to be when some of the people will be enhanced in their cognitive ability, in their motor skills. Um, already, uh, there are certain uh, plans uh, where uh, the physical effort uh, is supported by uh, a smart uh, harness that the workers can uh, wear. And uh, supplying this harness uh, can become an issue of uh, uh, union negotiations, for example. And I don't know how the school will react uh, when uh, it will be universally accepted that certain uh, uh, very, very high-speed access to um, the analysis and the cognitive uh, implications of uh, the solutions of certain problems uh, is available uh, to uh, people of any age. But starting to look for the early signals of these developments, 
whether through the eyes of a dog that went blind recently, or whether watching and thinking about a YouTube video of the amazing abilities of a recent robot, I think this is worthy of our attention, worthy of building a better understanding of the context that it carries. Thank you very much for watching this episode of The Context and for considering to become a supporter. Uh, you can do so on Patreon and for as little as $5 per month or less, your choice, you can help me and my team to keep producing these videos where we try to understand the world and the context that technological and social developments are bringing forth rapidly in our changing world.